us pray. Oh, Lord, our God, we ask for your Holy Spirit to be with us and to show us and reveal to us this passage from Ephesians. And I pray most earnestly that the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts together will be acceptable to you. For you are our Lord and our Redeemer. Amen. When I was a little kid, we used to go to northern Michigan to a place called Mackinac Island. And it was up in the northern part, and it was kind of a, a tourist haven. And it was an island that harkened back to earlier times. There were horses and carriages and no cars. And everywhere you looked, there were shops that sold Mackinac Island fudge. And we begged for it. And then we would get some, and we discovered that we couldn't eat the stuff. We'd have a few nibbles of it, and it would be fine, but it was way too rich. And it was way too sweet. Not like my mom's fudge, which was a little bit grainy and had just kind of a hint of saltiness to it. On that, we could gorge on that stuff. But this stuff was so sweet and so rich, it was chocolate overload. And you wanted it, you craved it, you started to eat it, and it was just too much. The phrase spiritual fudge was coined years ago by some of us in seminary, and the idea is pretty much the same. There are spiritual truths in Scripture regarding Christ that are so rich and so sweet our souls can't handle it. We can't take it in. There's too much rich wordiness. So what usually happens is that people tend to kind of eliminate preaching about this because it's wordy theology. Well, we're going to look at Ephesians today because the Bible wasn't written for 21st century study guides. And maybe we're not supposed to master it or figure out its meaning, or believe in some way that we can eventually control the contents of Scripture, the Holy Spirit doesn't work that way. Wisdom and insight from the Holy Spirit, it comes in flashes. It comes in ahas. It comes in simple epiphanies, not in paragraphs, not in entire concepts. So we'll ask the Holy Spirit to help us look at the spiritual fudge, which is in this Ephesians passage. And the first thing we notice is that it is addressed to believers. And however people believe, and by what means people believe, that's not ours to say. But belief matters. The spiritual blessings and that's what this whole passage is about, occurs through and with and because of and is intertwined with belief in Jesus Christ. In Madison, Wisconsin last week, I was visiting my family, and we were in one of the funky coffee houses you find in a university town. And we really tried not to, but we overheard a conversation from the table that was only two inches away from us, we tried not to listen, but it was getting very intriguing. There were two guys, very young men, 
who were apparently mountain climbers. And they were talking about this spiritual ritual that they partook in every time they climbed a mountain. And they were serious. Whenever they were about to climb a mountain, they would take two oak leaves and cross their hearts with the oak leaves and ask the mountain itself for a successful climb. Christ came to reveal the truth about God and take people away from the futility of superstition and man-made religion. And one of the ways he gives to us so that we know we're on the right track has to do with this intense mandate that Christ gave to us to judge not. We naturally want to judge. We do this as human beings. So my first impulse was to judge the young men. And then I realized, you know what? They were looking for the spiritual blessings that we all want and we all need. They were just looking in the wrong place. They were looking to the mountain. And every kid who went to vacation Bible school this week can tell you it's not the mountain itself that gives you the answers, it's God. Spiritual blessings. The first one is the crucial one, which is he chose us. He chose us before the creation of the world. And we need to know for our own spiritual development that each one of us was chosen. I can't tell you how at the core of so much pain and alienation is this feeling that I am not chosen, I am not heard, I am left out, I am on the fringes. It is essential that we get this peace even if we don't know how this can possibly be. Because in our worldly understanding, if someone is chosen, then someone must be left out. But we're talking about God, who is outside of time and outside of space and can have the most intimate and does relationship with every human being and say, you're chosen. It's a prevalent theme. We can't ignore it. It started with the chosen people. And then basically Jesus said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, a chosen world. And with God, all things are possible, like giving chosen status to everyone. And we are all chosen to receive and accept and believe in Christ. Therefore, we are given the spiritual blessings of Christ. He then it says, he predestined us to be adopted as children through Jesus Christ. This is the great adoption blessing. Adoption as children of God is enormous. And when I lived in California, I was very, very aware of this because my church was filled with people not from California, from all over. And we left our families. And I'm not talking we went there as married couples or people who had families. I'm talking single people who left and went to the other side of the country and found ourselves in a church. The extended family that the church is was so real. And I grew to understand that eternal bonds are stronger than life, than bloodlines. The Holy Spirit, that power that courses through all of us, is stronger, more durable than genetic material. 
And then I learn in this place at Christ our King that it is possible to have both, to have your extended family who's also your spiritual family, your church family. But bear in mind, and we all know this in our heart of hearts, that it's our own relatives that expect us to be holy, meaning supernaturally good, and blameless. And we cannot achieve holy and blameless status according to this passage. It is a spiritual blessing, but we cannot achieve it. It's given by God. And if we think that this is attainable, we miss the point. He chose us to be holy and blameless through him. Don't ask me how this works, because we know we're not. But there's an insight that I gained this time that I never had before. If he gives us holy and blameless status, then that is what we do for each other. You have your own histories, your own lives, your own world. You will not be blamed here. You have been set free in Jesus Christ, the rich spiritual fudge of this. We are redeemed by his blood. We are put right with God. And so essential is the truth of this, that we have a sacrament on this table to seal it. Christ's blood shed for us is our communion and he redeems us which underscores profound forgiveness and everything we've done and been our mistakes our sins the evil we have confronted will be transformed and is in the process of being transformed for his glory he has the plan he has the purpose he has the cosmos according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ. And when Christ comes, our purpose is known. With Christ comes purpose. Is this too much to hear? Maybe, but we've got to hear it and not ignore what the spiritual blessings in Christ really are. He chose us. There is adoption and it's ours. He equips us with the Holy Spirit. He forgives, he redeems, and he has given us a purpose. So good Christians everywhere look at the life of Christ and look at his actions and know that this is a good thing and they want to follow and that's good. And they purpose to follow his life of healing, of reconciliation with God and with each other. And people say, I can try this. I can try the way of Christ. But then we go to his own sermon, what he preached from the mountain, the most potent words arguably in the New Testament, the Sermon on the Mount. And he says, blessed are the peacemakers. And I can't tell you how many times I'm actually haunted by that because there's a part of every person that does not want to be a peacemaker. Let me set them straight. And let the chips fall where they may, but I am going to say the truth. Do you realize how antithetical that is to Christ? For the first time ever, I am wondering if our church might be getting a little bit into politics, and we do not do that. Not taking a political position, but we are so inundated 
by people of both parties who have a way of being that is so antithetical to the Sermon on the Mount that we are bombarded by, to, to the extent we think maybe this is the right way to go. Blessed are the peacemakers, and then listen to the rest of this. For they, those are the ones that will be called the children of God. But these rich words from Ephesians are so rich that we need the Holy Spirit to help us take them in, to point to the one who created a sea change for humanity, spiritual blessings that transcend everything that the world gives, but there's another piece to it. These blessings transcend everything that the world takes because he is the truth and he is the way and he is the life and we invite all of you blameless lovely people to come to this table let us pray um, if we have the guts to really look at what you're telling us to be and the spiritual truth of who you are precious Lord Jesus transformation in ways we never dreamed is ours so be with us as we partake of the sacrament and help us to know the flashes of truth are enough you are our lord you are our, our redeemer and we love you jesus amen <laughs>